What's up, everybody? This is the Get the Bag podcast. I'm your host, Gladia Castro. Got my co-host, Tim Park. And today, what's up, what's up? And uh, today we're at the last part of our six-part series. It's been a long journey, six weeks, talking about the ins and outs of uh, running a wholesaling business. Um, Today we're going to be talking about transactions, uh, also known as like transaction coordinator, uh, those sort of roles. uh, And we're going to, I think we talked about last week, like starting the disposition like dispositions and transactions uh, work very closely together. Uh, but it's probably one of the most difficult because any sort of situation can come up, especially when you're dealing with like title issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to go over some tips, kind of our experience, um, you know, throughout our real estate journey. And uh, we hope you take a lot from it. But, you know, before we start, of course, hit the like button, subscribe, uh, follow us on Instagram. Uh, we're here if you need you if you have any specific questions please post them in the chat and uh, we can get going but so I think we've talked about this throughout the entire series is like everybody wears a particular hat depend when, when you're when you're starting off on your own you know there's mm-hmm. not um, a specific person um, that you can delegate it to yet but that's always the end goal um, but the transaction coordinator is actually one of the most um, I think one of the most difficult um, p- positions or sectors of of this business, because again, there's so many moving pieces with it. It's not just like, you know, um, when we talk about acquisitions, it's just solely the seller, right? I'm focusing on talking to the seller. With the uh, transactions, you're possibly talking to the seller, the buyer, the title company, um, maybe the county, if you're dealing with like, you know, some title issues, uh, you're talking to code enforcement, you can be talking to, you know, the bank, it, mm-hmm. it just really, um, it just really depends. So there's, um, it's not something where you can read or even watch this uh, episode and be like, okay, I'm in, I know what to do now with transactions, because a different scenario will come up. What sort of scenarios have you dealt with, Tim, in um, dealing with like the transaction coordination or coordinator, that kind of stuff? I think, um, maybe some mis- miscommunication on um, like with the title company or with the escrow company um, on um, who they contact and when they contact them. And, you know, cause you're working both the seller and the, and the buyer side. So you just want to make sure that you're on all the emails going out um, for that. Uh, and, um, you know, just having that upfront communication with the escrow company, and making sure they know how to handle like an investment, um, uh, like an investor friendly deal. So mm-hmm. that's that was one of the main issues I ran into early. Um, but you know, you kind of learn from that, and you you kind of have you set the precedent with them uh, when you lock up or um, set up the escrow account with them, right? Yeah. So um, the other one I had was like we had to keep. Um, extending it because the tenant wasn't uh, wasn't ready to leave at that right. Point. That's so another that situation. Another yeah, so we had to do an amendment to the contract to extend the closing date because of the tenant. So I've had right. to do that a couple times. 
Yeah, anytime you're dealing with tenants, that can be very difficult, um, especially in transactions. It could be like titles ready to go, buyers ready to pay, right? Ready to close. Mm -hmm. You're ready to get your check. You're already kind of thinking, how am I going to spend this money? You know, like right, right. Chris talks about that a lot um, in his um, in his group, saying like, you know, when you just sense or smell the finish line, you're just like, oh man, yeah, what can I do with 10 grand or 50 grand? You know, whatever it, the case may be. Um, and then it's like shit hits the fan. It's like the tenants, mm -hmm. uh, are, aren't budging the cash for keys that you set, which is another method you could do to like really, uh, close out, um, with tenants, especially, you know, if they're on a month to month, um, cash for keys is basically for those who don't know where you offer the tenant, um, some money or mm -hmm. a service that they need, like whether it's like, Hey, I need a moving truck or I need a storage, whatever the case. Um, but these sort of scenarios are going to come up and you have to like, when you're on your own, it's really difficult. This is why we <laughs> recommend, you know, partnering up with somebody that you trust and like, know um, that they'll, you know, pull their weight because, you know, when you're just dealing on this, you're not focusing on bringing on new leads, right? You're just focusing right. on closing that deal because you're so invested, especially if it's like a 50 K deal. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I'm sure there's many people I've I've lost out on a potential, I think, 30k deal um, because of just issues with um, with title, where it's like the previous sale didn't go correctly. Uh, there are some issues involved, and then like they did a quick claim deed, which basically means you pass over the house to somebody, but there's no mm -hmm. money involved, right? Right. Um, and so there, the title becomes really messy. So when you actually go through a title. Um, they're like, Hey, there's still a, a mortgage balance of like this much and you got it under contract for this much. And so you're having to, um, really navigate and learn as you go. Um, but this is the kind of most important time where you have to be really firm and like, you know, just, just being confident and learning every step of the way. Um, so those are some basic scenarios that, you know, we've dealt with, but the title company that you choose is going to be the most important. Um, and I think we've talked about before too, is there's different ways where you can find investor friendly title companies. If your mm -hmm. title company doesn't know who like wholesaling or assignment contracts or double close, mostly assignment contracts, you probably don't want to work with that title company. Um, and there's, you know, you can ask around on Facebook, you can do uh, bigger pockets, yeah. um, anywhere. And, um, you know, making phone calls to them. Hey, do you guys do creative deals? Do you guys do assignments, wholesaling, that kind of stuff that really ha helps them um, know who they're working with? You can just say, hey, I'm an investor in this area. Um, and uh, I also wholesale. Uh, do you guys do assignments? Do you guys do, you know, you can list off what's needed. Um, because I've dealt with uh, a title company that knew about assignments. So they were like, yeah, that's fine. And then like, but asked too many questions once we got down to the like closing things out of like wait right who gets the assignment fee i'm like what are you talking about i get the assignment fee like mm -hmm. you know that's where you have to educate and be on the title companies uh if you have to if you have a good title company you don't have to follow up with them like they're on top of it they respond right. really quickly um so those are just a major thing but the title company is key in closing your deals you know, they'll kind of know like how to navigate the scene with the buyers and the sellers. Um, but you, you don't want your title company being like, oh, here's the assignment fee, you know, to your seller. <laughs> yeah, I've gone Things through go a couple bad. escrow 
companies too. I mean, like our title companies and, you know, it's been, um, you know, you got to find the one that works for you, you know, and, you know, especially the one that uh, can communicate and make sure that um, they're responding back because sometimes, you know, they might not hear back from title yet or they haven't run the title yet. And you just didn't know those things um, to keep right. the seller and buyer updated as well too, because, you know, the worst thing you can do is not communicate with the seller and then, you know, the day before close, something happens and you didn't communicate that to the seller and you're not going to close on that date. So um, right. you, you definitely have to set the expectation of, um, you know, it's the communication part, at least, you know, and the having the right title company is is crucial for that. And yeah. once you find one, stick with that person or that that particular company. Right. Yeah, it'll be a lot easier. You're kind of building rapport in any relationships that you create. And we've talked about networking as well is um, you want to take care of the people who take care of you. So the title company is like, you know, helped you through a tough deal or something and like, you know, send them a gift basket. That's something I'll definitely be doing. Um you know, because sometimes if it goes seamless, like even those, like it's really nice to send them a gift card or just a mm -hmm. thank you card or whatever it is. Those little things make a difference um, because, again, it's it's all about your reputation and uh, you're building these long term relationships. So if you have a really good title company, it's like, you know, when you're dating, it's like, hey, if you have a if you found the one like, <laughs> you know, keep them um, right. Right. You know, so uh, you got to look at relationships with anybody, whether it's buyers, title companies, like real estate attorneys, um, whoever you want to like nurture those relationships, reach out to them, even if um, you haven't talked to them like, hey, how's it going? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't have any deals yet, but, you know, I just want to say I appreciate, you know, just these little things that go a long way in like professionalism as well. <clears throat> but um going back to sort of like the process as well, because if, when you're on your own, like, you know, you don't really have a process yet. You're figuring mm -hmm. things out as you go. So it's really important as you kind of close your first deal, you kind of understand, okay, from point A to Z, I know exactly at least a, a, the, the simple process of like locking up with the seller, taking pictures, finding a buyer, marketing the buyer assignment, sending it to title, you know, working with title, mm -hmm. like you want to start documenting your process through a loom or, you know, um, just a, a, a document. And then eventually when, as you grow your team, you'll have a transaction coordinator, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is right. somebody who it's like, okay, the dispositions, they closed the deal. Um, they, you know, got, did what they had to do. Um, now they're passing it on to the transaction coordinator who usually is in charge of communicating with the seller. So that's going back to you, the communication part, Tim, that you mentioned mm -hmm. They're they're talking to the, the seller of like, Hey, you know, my name is Gladia. Um, you spoke to Tim, welcome to, you know, we're looking forward to working with you. And, you know, there, it's just a sense of professionalism and the handoff right. and be like, you know, the next steps are, you know, as Tim mentioned, you know, I'm going to gather all this information. We're going to work with this title company. And they're just basically holding the seller's hand throughout the process. So if the title company comes back and is like, hey, Gladia, like there's some issues here. I need this from the seller or I can reach out to the seller. Uh, a, a lot of times people have found like I don't even use a transaction coordinator. I just find a really good title company that does the follow up for me. 
and reaches mm -hmm. out to the seller, that's a good way to save some money too. But I think, um, I mean, it d definitely varies on your business. Um, but if you find a really good title company and set the expectations with them, like, hey, we're paying you first off. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, I would expect you to, you know, call the seller once I send you over the agreements um, and walk them through the process. If there's any issues, CC me on, on that um, email with the seller, you know, just stuff like that. That really saves time. Um, but you have to be ready and document issues that come up so that you have that ready. So, um, you know, for us, it would just be a, a scenario of document where it's like, hey, if this happens, here are some mm -hmm. solutions that we can implement. Because sometimes if you open up in another market, a whole nother title company, the same situation will be handled differently. So you have to be, sometimes you have to educate the title company, which you never want to be in that position, but sometimes it happens. Um, right. so if you've been through a scenario before, you can walk the title company through like, oh, this is how we handle it in this case. Um, you already have that documented. So those are some, some things that I've started noting, um, not just in my having it in my head of like, okay, what happens if I want to do, a um, a small claims or I have mm -hmm. to go in and do a quiet title, like, right. which I had to go through. Now I know how to do that. It's, it's documented at least like the basic steps of that. No, that's uh, super important because there's a lot of issues that come up come up during closing. And um, the more you document that, the more you would know how to handle it or your transaction coordinator will know how to handle that because you, ha you went through that process and then you also um, have it written down. Um, one thing I right. would like to say is like any issues that come up and you have to communicate with the seller or even the buyer – even though you make the phone call to do that, send them an email so it's in written form and you've right. you you've reiterated that you contacted the seller to make sure so it's you know um, it's it's on record that you informed them that this was the case what happened at in in title or whatever it's a you know a lien or whatever the case may be you know right. so I think that's. Uh, another important aspect of communication is that making sure you back up your what you say on the phone with a follow-up email. Yeah, that's a really good tip. Um, and likewise for the title company, they should know, hey, we communicate with the seller about this. I'm, I mean, I've dealt with it too, where a title company will call the seller <clears throat> for something. Um, and the best way is to either give me a heads up before, like, hey, I'm going to be reaching out to the seller about this. And then they should follow up with like, <clears throat> excuse me, how, how did the conversation go? Mm -hmm. Oh, this is what we needed. Um, so I think that's really key in um, having that written communication. Like you said, it should go both ways, not only from you in your communication with the seller um, or the communication with the title company that should also be communicated to the seller if needed. Because um, sometimes, you know, like you said, there's liens or <clears throat> maybe the payout. Uh, or like the mortgage balance is a lot higher because there was an unexpected, like, a, like I said, there was a quick claim deed that happened or there's three errors on the property unexpectedly. So you're having to go in and, and um, diffuse this information. And that's kind of what a transaction coordinator does too. It's like they're diffusing the situation happening with the, between the uh, seller, the title company. Um, but of course, when you're on your own and you're wearing your mm -hmm. transactions hat, you're having to be the one to diffuse it of like say you know um the title company comes back and is like actually there's twenty thousand dollars on top of the mortgage 
we're going to have to, um, that's not going to work. Uh, or, you know, you're mm -hmm. going to have to figure something out. And sometimes it's like, okay, I have to renegotiate with the seller or inform them Absolutely. of what's happening. And at this point, it's like, Hey, it wasn't me. It's like, you know, this is what's happening. So you have to frame it in a way of, of solving problems. That's all mm -hmm. it is. Every sector that we've talked about, whether it's administration all the way to transactions, you're solving problems. So you have to really think, learn how to think, outside the box critical thinking i found is probably the most important skill set in this business like you have to always come up you're coming up with solutions every day right and hope that um you know you're just being more unique in, in terms of your solutions versus other people yeah that's 100 percent because you just uh, don't know what's going to happen during um like a title search or um even you know when i, I had one where uh, the actual tenant left everything in the house, right? So he, they said they didn't want it. So that was an extra expense that the buyer didn't account for um, right. of getting rid of all that stuff. So that what they did was ask for a credit um, for that. So actually that's a credit uh, coming off of the price, right? So right. Um, we had to communicate that to the seller and they were okay with that because they didn't want to spend the money to, and they didn't have the money to spend to remove the, right. you know, all, all the stuff from the house, right? So they got a $5,000 credit, you know, to get the dumpster, all that stuff. So, right. um, and that was all done at, you know, closing. Yeah, there's a lot of things that's going to come up at closing, uh, especially when it comes to like tenants. Um, just because, and, and this is why it's really important that you check in like prior to closing, uh, you either write in your agreement saying, um, you know, we'll confirm vacancy at closing or a couple of days before closing um, because things come up. Sometimes it's like you go in there expecting it to be vacant because the tenants were supposed to move out. And then all of a sudden the tenants are still chilling or right. they change their mind. Right. Especially if it's like a month to month situation, they change their mind. They're like, nope, no longer want to sell um, or I'm not moving anywhere. Um, mm -hmm. but it's like, and then maybe that's where you introduce cash for keys. And then if cash for keys, initially you, you mentioned that and they agree to it. And all of a sudden they're like, no, I want more. That's where you have to diffuse. You have to come up with a solution. Um, and sometimes that kills deals too. It's like when yeah. you're not so experienced, you're going to run into that. You're going to run into these problems. And sometimes when you're not experienced and you don't have a support system to like ask questions of like how you can solve problems, most likely not, you're going to cancel that deal because it's like, Hey, I couldn't figure it out. And that's a mm -hmm. tough situation to be in when you're starting out. Yeah. And you know, we all kind of lost deals and you know, some of the deals that I lost were because of the liens that are on the, the house. Um, they might have told you like, oh, there's two liens. It turns out there's four liens on it. And one of the liens, they're not willing to negotiate or come down on, you know, that price. And that's ex that over exceeds the actual purchase price that you have. So, um, you know, I had to cancel that particular one. But, you know, we we have clauses for that as well too for like keeping the emd if we needed to and all all of that just in a specific time frame of course right so yeah totally um yeah i mean i, I hope you guys are finding this helpful because it's really hard to be like okay transaction this is going to be a very common case i mean we we just kind of talked about 
common cases, but it's possible like, you know, you'll go in and it's a different situation. So we can't say like, it's going to be like this every time, you know, anytime you get something locked up and you work with a title or real estate attorney, it's going to be like this every time because it, it's not, it's going to be something different every time. Um, sometimes it, things are going to be smooth and I've gone through a very smooth transaction where it's like, there's no mortgage or like, um, the right. payoff is really straightforward. Um, but this is where you want to have a really strong title company to take care of that hard stuff. So you don't have to. So as much as you can't put that on the title company, obviously, you, you know, if you need support, um, you know, one of the difficult ones I dealt with was when I had to do a quiet title out for a deal. Um, you know, they, they come in, they're like, yeah, I don't have a mortgage or this was my parents' house. Um, and, um, you know, I, it's, it's a, it's a dump. It's been on code violations. I owe this much in code violations. So I had to do two things too. I had to like work with the code violations. Once I got it under contract, I had mm. already found the buyer really quick. I thought, yeah, I'm going to get a 20 K deal on this. Cool. Like, you know, you start kind of thinking about that and then you work with a title company and they start doing the search and then they're like, well, um, there's like a, a balance on this property. And I'm like, I thought it was free and clear. And they're like, but we can't see it because it was quick claim to a family member before it was quick wow. claim back to the other family member. And they had taken out a mortgage on the house and that was just like accruing. So they're like, we, we need an authorization form, not from the seller, but from the family member who used to live there. And so you're having to do some investigation work. The title company did whatever they could. But sometimes, again, if they're not really good, Deeper. They don't go deep because they're working on other stuff. So um, I found that out. And then uh, the attorney was like, you're going to have to do um, a quiet title, which just mm -hmm. means like you're kind of filing a suit or something like that. Like you're in a way, it's like you're suing them in small courts or I, I maybe, you know, the exact terms of it. But like you're having to present your case in front of a judge Um if like worst case that you can't get the person to authorize. Um, so I did some investigation to find this family member. I found him, but then the crazy girlfriend was like, mm -hmm. no, you, um, we're not taking anything or I'm not signing anything. He, my, he deserves $10,000. And uh, knowing what I know now, cause this was yeah. very early on in my real estate, I probably would have like negotiated that person be like, Hey, I'll give you mm -hmm. 500 bucks. Um, and just sign this form because she was like, I'm going to shoot anybody who walks on my, on my uh, property. And so I, I kind of got Dang. freaked out a little bit. Right. Um, and then at the same time I was working with the code violation uh, people uh, to get the lien down because it was like over $200,000 in liens accrued on this Crazy. property. It was, it was, it wasn't livable. The foundation was like sinking. So it had to be completely demoed. Um, so I was able to negotiate it down quite significantly to like maybe a thousand dollars. And uh, everything was set there. They're like, okay, once you close, you just have to demo it after a certain amount of time. So that was good. I'm like, okay, I'm settled here. We just have to close and, and perform this. Um, the buyer would just perform that. But then the, because I wasn't able to get that authorized form uh, signed, we had to go into quiet title, which accrues costs. Right, and it got right. to the point where the I, I would negotiate it with the buyer of like, hey, you put down this money for the quiet title. It, it was just a complete mess. I probably looking back, 
uh, I definitely learned from it in terms of how to do it because we got to a point where the mortgage came back and it was over 30,000. I locked it up mm -hmm. for 15,000. Um, and there wasn't, there wasn't going to be much room. I would have to renegotiate with the seller. And she was like, I'm not selling it for under 15,000. And so I just, at that point I, I did kind of give up on the deal. I was like, you know what? I've spent way too much time. I'm like, I need to move on to the next one. Um, mm -hmm. So that that's the thing that the, these sort of situations you learn that you just don't know, like what you're going to get, you know, what kind of situation, yeah. what kind of problem you're going to have to to deal with. So um, this is where it's like, had I like been more, um, I don't know, open minded in terms of like what other creative deals I could or, you know, creative or critical uh, problems I could have solved. Maybe this mm -hmm. the outcome would have been different, but you learn from it, right? You take, you can't yeah, just like, like, you know, um, think about like what happened. Um, so again, this is where it's like, nothing is straight line, like the same every time. So, it's not, it's not. And, and that's the, I love it. Um, that's why I love it because there's, there's not one, um, closing that's going to be the, exactly the same, you know, and one's going to be easy, one's going to be difficult, but each situation is going to be um, different. And you just learn from those situations. So, and situations will come up um, similar, like you would know how to handle a certain situation. Um, so that's what's good, but there could be a twist at the end or there couldn't be. And you just, you know, quietly close and you're good to go from there. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why it's, it's good to have a team um, and why we recommend JVing because, um, you know, if you got the deal locked up and you JV to somebody who focuses more on the dispo side and has a relationship with buyers and the title company, why not work with this person? I'd rather split the cost in half than having to like deal with that. I can focus on getting more leads or vice versa. Like, you know, why focus on marketing to people? If I know like, hey, I have a good pool of buyers, um, bring on bring on the deals and I'll close them out for you. Uh, now, you're not mm -hmm. going to close out everyone because situations come up all the time. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, you got to really strategize and really use your time wisely. Like how efficient can you be? Uh, what sort of things can you can you do? And then as you close more deals, you can then start to hire people, um, mm -hmm. hand off your process. And, and you're good to go. Then you can folk have somebody, if your strengths are dispo, hire somebody that's good on the marketing side to like right. cold call and bring and send the leads to you. So um, there's really no, no excuses around it. Like, you know, especially if you're in a group like the charged up fa uh, family, um, you know, we should be using each other. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, you know, or if you're not necessarily in a group, like reach out to a more experienced wholesaler, whether it be, us or anybody who's in your market who you who you think like you know you can help where you're like hey i have this lead what do you think um or i have this lead under contract um could you help me out in finding a buyer or you know i have this buyer um do you have any deals i mean mm -hmm. it's the same thing also in commercial that we're working on too right like i'm able to um, I could, I found a buyer and I'm like, Hey Tim, you have a, you have a deal. Let's, you know, it, it, it's, it's all like in teamwork when it comes to, right. um, any, any, any facet, you'll know this, like in all the, the series that we discussed throughout the series, we've always said like team up partnership, like, you know, find your strengths and then work with somebody. 
Yeah, um, I think that's key too. And it does free up some time for you because when you're actually closing and you're going through and communicating back and forth and uh, it does take a lot of time out of your, you know, regular day to day with um, getting on the phones or, you know, um, driving for dollars or whatever you're doing uh, marketing wise to try to get these deals locked up. Um, it takes away from that. So when you do JV or you have a partner that you can um, rely on to handle that, or if you are lucky enough to do a um, transactional coordinator, then it's going to free you up with some time too. So, you know, teaming up with somebody is a good way to, you know, keep your marketing down uh, or your marketing focus and then also um, get it to close. Um, and then communicating with each other and making sure who's going to talk to who on it, or who's going to talk to the seller or who's going to talk to the buyer, because that's really key on, you know, making sure you're both on the same page on when something happens as well when you're partnering up. Yeah, it's all in the, it's all in follow-ups no matter what. So like if you if you have a transaction coordinator or you are the transaction coordinator for the time being, you're following up with everybody, right? You're following up with mm -hmm. the seller to uh, let them know what's what updating them on what's happening uh, in with dur during the deal. If it's like, hey, still haven't heard from title, you should always do a weekly check in with the seller. Obviously, if it's if there's you're dealing with some issues, maybe it's it's much less like every couple days, but you want to keep that communication open and also with the buyer. If the because the buyer seller they're going to be like hey where are we at with the deal what's the status um, if you can be proactive you're relieving any hesitancy any like questioning um, it, it makes you seem a lot more professional because you have everything set in place you, you're proactive about it so as a transaction coordinator or in transactions in general you're following up constantly with the title company you shouldn't have to follow up too much the title company should be able to like follow up with you in terms of like hey we're this is where we're at or it's gonna it's we're still having trouble finding title like that happens too mm -hmm. um but that's where you want to kind of rely on a good title company that they could come up with some solutions too because they've been they, they go through tons of transactions and deals um right but yeah i really hope you guys enjoy we're at the 30 uh minute mark um really hope you guys took a lot from this um because, you know, we, we still haven't gone through every scenario. Um, no, we haven't. Years, like we've heard about scenarios. And that's what's really great is we can always go back to like people who've been in the game for a while and be like, have you gone through this? And be like, yes. And this is how I've done it. And so that's why it's important to like continue the network with other investors, wholesalers, uh, join a group so you can ask these sort of questions because you're going to run into these issues. You want to run into problems, basically, like. Exactly. You know, you're taking action when like you're having to solve problems. Um, so always keep that in mind when you're like, ah, oh, why, why is it, why are these issues coming up? It's because, you know, you're, you're making stuff happen. So um, keep that in mind and um, you know, just, just don't give up, just keep uh, pushing through uh, these, these deals. And um, you know, we're, we're here for you, but uh, Tim, did you want to leave the audience with anything before we, yeah. Um, I just want to hear like, if you're going through a process and you know you've had something fall through or you've had something close you know comment below on our youtube channel um on some of the things that happened to you during this process you know that could help someone else out you know by reading those comments and you know sharing your your experience as well too yeah. but if you also have questions you know reach out to us um we'll be happy to um, be a part of your community 
that you feel that you need to uh, reach out to someone that can ask or answer any questions that you may have. So, um, you know, it is a process. Everybody's going to go through it and um, there's going to be ups and downs on it. But, you know, as long as you have people that you can um, rely on to help you and answer those questions, you know, uh, that's going to help you close more deals. Yeah, definitely. And um, for even even for deals that I'll leave this with one last tip for deals that maybe didn't close. Don't don't give up on those. Follow up with those. Um, Maybe give it a a month or so, because now, you know, the situation Um, seller may change their mind, maybe or maybe another wholesaler because somebody's going to keep marketing to them. So, um, you know, as you learn stuff, you may follow up with them like now I'm packed with more knowledge. Let me help you out. You know, so don't consider them dead deals necessarily. Uh, there may be those situations. I, I, I don't know if, if you can ever say there is a dead deal um, unless I, I don't know, because I feel like uh, with all these other investors, they always find a solution to it. There's always a solution to something. It just may be more complex. It may be more costly. So that's where mm-hmm. maybe you want to reach out to like somebody who's like super duper experienced in it. But don't give up on those deals. Just follow up with them. Um, but thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. You. Hope you guys got a lot out of this. Uh, reach out to us. You have my Instagram handle here at Real Estate Girl. I think I changed it. Uh, recently i think it's the real gladia and uh mr tim rei over here uh get underscore the bag podcast on ig um Mm -hmm. but like tim said throw in some um throw in your your questions your comments that you have and if any issues that you've dealt with like closing deals and we'll uh you know maybe you can help somebody out along the way uh appreciate that uh, robert appreciate that i gotta (laughs) show some uh i know i'm on west coast but I love a good Yankee hat. There you go. But um, Sweet, you guys. Well, next week will be a brand new topic. Uh, we're going to try to get some some guests on, but really appreciate you guys walking us through, like just kind of joining us through this six-part series. Um, feel free to come back to it anytime you guys run into some issues, but appreciate you guys. Have a great day and uh, catch you guys next week. <laughs>